This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEF. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, now celebrating its 10th anniversary. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates 10 years of romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Amanda Louie about her wedding aboard the Disney Fantasy with a ceremony at Wedding Point and a reception at The Tube. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose a cruise wedding, how she chose these locations, how she planned everything, and how it all turned out. So welcome, Amanda. Thanks so much. Very excited to be here. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you decided to have your wedding on a Disney cruise. So we knew that we wanted a wedding that was a unique celebration of us. And it was also important to us that wedding planning didn't feel like a second job since we'd had several friends who had gotten married and had talked about how intense the planning process could be. So ultimately, we we honed in on doing a, a destination wedding. And we happened to be watching the Disney fairy tale weddings show at that same time. And they have a cruise episode. And we started half jokingly saying like, hey, we do love Disney. We're huge Disney fans. What if we actually did a cruise wedding and you know, as our destination wedding? And ultimately, after a week of thinking about it, we, we decided we were really serious about this and, and fell in love with the idea of doing a Disney cruise wedding. That's fantastic. How did you choose the fantasy? So we are from Seattle, which is probably, aside from Alaska, one of the furthest points from Florida and the Disney Cruise departure destinations. So since it's a five to six hour long flight for us, we knew that going on a three day, three or four day shorter cruise trip was was probably a little bit more intense for those who are coming from so far. So we decided let's just go with the whole shebang go on the Disney fantasy, which has the longer itineraries and go from there. So we decided to go with that. That's fantastic. How did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? I think my favorite quote was, a Disney cruise wedding is the most Amanda and Caleb thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's very on brand for our personalities, which I'm not really sure what that says about our personalities, but I'll take it. Um, And I think, so everybody loved it in general. I think my parents had a little bit of heartburn at first over whether a cruise wedding meant that we were going to lose some of the the traditional wedding sentimentality and feel and specialness. But I basically showed them the episode of of the Disney fairy tale weddings, cruise wedding, as well as some YouTube videos, and they pretty quickly changed their minds. Oh, that's wonderful. How many guests did you invite, and how many were able to make the trip? 
So we got married in January of 2022, which makes means that it was the peak of Omicron surging, which was mm. very complex to manage through. So we invited about 40 to 50 guests, but ultimately 25 attended. And I think we would have had more had it not been for COVID concerns, the risk of getting stuck in Florida if you, you know, tested positive with that PCR test. So ultimately, we ended up with 25, which was a fantastic number. And I don't know if I could have handled more, <laughs> but smaller than what we, I think we would have expected or gotten had it been non-COVID times. Got it. Okay. Now, how did you choose the locations for your ceremony and reception? So for our ceremony, we knew that we wanted to try to incorporate as much of the traditional wedding feel as we could do through this trip, even though it was very unconventional. So Castaway Key is so beautiful. And of course, it's that beach setting. So we decided that doing a wedding on Castaway Key was what we wanted. Also, really tactically, my husband hates sand. <laughs> the <feeling of> sand. <laughs> so between the two points, we ended up at wedding point because there's there's no sand to walk through. And then for the reception, the tube was the only location where we were allowed to have our reception. So with 25 guests, I guess that is the maximum number of guests that I think that they typically have on the fantasy. So between the guest count and then the fact that we had an open bar, the tube was the only location where we could host our reception and keep both of those things. The tube is a British nightclub pub theme, um, which was super concerning for me um, when they told me that was the only location because that's not what I had hoped and dreamed for for my wedding reception. But we talked through it. There really were no other options. And then our C coordinator was so helpful with the concerns. And she talked us through like the lighting is probably one of the key differentiators of what makes that the place feel like a nightclub versus something softer and romantic. So we actually got to work with the lighting technician um, and customize the lighting in the tube. So that way it wouldn't be flashing neon red and blue. That's awesome. So now I'm curious if you had had 45 guests, where would they have put you for the reception? I think it still would have been in the tube because the tube is so large. I think I suspect that if we had 20 or 22, that maybe we could have made it into one of the smaller, more intimate locations. I see. Okay, got it. So did you guys customize the standard cruise collection package elements like the cake or the bouquet? We customized so much. I felt I felt really extra and a little bit guilty about it. Um, I actually ended up making a, an Excel spreadsheet to try to make things a little bit easier. So I so appreciate our planner, Stephanie, because she was so kind and accommodating about it. But we absolutely customized. So I we did a custom cake decor. My bouquet was customized. I brought some aisle decor for the aisle at, at Wedding Point. And then we actually had a welcome party the first day on the ship. We had a tea ceremony halfway through the, the journey. We, of course, did the reception with the open bar. And then we also did dinner at Palo. So a lot of things to keep track of. Wow, that's great. Can you talk a little bit about the welcome party and the tea ceremony? Yeah. So since we were together for six nights, we wanted to make sure that people had an opportunity to get to know each other. And we wanted to thank them for flying across the country to do this crazy week-long cruise with us, plus add on the fact that they did this with COVID surging and Seattle had a crazy snowstorm <laughs> the day ah. before we flew out. 
they overcame a lot to get to our wedding. So we really wanted to, to kick off the celebration and make them feel special. So we did a welcome party also in the tube with an open bar, with some snacks, and then with some welcome bags, just as a thank you to everybody who came and, and to give them a chance to get to know each other before spending a week together. That's great. And then how did you do the tea ceremony? The tea ceremony was actually pretty complex for, um, for the Disney fantasy crew. I don't think many people have done it. So what we did, since I'm Chinese and my parents were both born in Asia, the tea ceremony is a pretty important cultural moment for my family. And for, for those of you who don't know what the tea ceremony is, it's a tradition that dates back, I want to say a thousand years. And it's essentially where you pour tea to thank those who helped raise you, who helped support you, who helped you get to this point. And so you pour tea for them and as a thank you for all they've done to, to contribute to your life. So super important for my parents, for my family. And I think part of the challenge was finding a location for the tea ceremony, especially because the events team, it sounded like they were understaffed. So we didn't actually find out if we were able to do the tea ceremony until I want to say two weeks before we set sail. So a lot of nerves on my part. And then for the actual tea ceremony, we packed some foldable paper lanterns to make the space feel ceremonial and, you know, covered in that traditional red. We brought some teapot, a teapot and a set of tea into our suitcases. And then Disney just helped set up the rest of the actual tea and the space for us, which I'm so grateful that we were able to pull it off. That's great. Which space did you use? We ended up using the D lounge for the tea ceremony. Okay. Which I had asked if we could use the D lounge for the reception as well, because the lighting is a little softer and more romantic there. But what they had told us was that the open bar was the challenge um, uh, with our reception. Interesting. Okay. Because yeah, I feel like I see a lot of cruise weddings that have the reception in the D lounge. So that makes sense. So it's something about the bar. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then the other question I had was when you were in the tube for your reception, did you add any entertainment like characters or have the DJ playing? We really tried to add characters. They weren't doing character appearances oh, at the time right. when we got married. I asked every, I think it was every other week. Wow. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I guess vow renewal in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, it's a great excuse. <laughs> um, and then did you add any land-based options to your day, like a bridal portrait session or a dessert party when you went to Disney World? We did the park shoots. So we did park shoots at Magic Kingdom and then at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. That's great. What did you choose for your outfits for Galaxy's Edge where they won't let you wear bridal attire? I know that one was super fun. So I ended up wearing a white cape dress that was about knee length. So I wanted to see if I could do a little Leia Disney bound inspired outfit so a white cape dress, and then I paired it with the Betsy Johnson rhinestone bedazzled boots um, and a pearl headband. So we loved how the photos turned out, even though we weren't in our actual bridal attire. That's great. And so back to the wedding on the ship, what did you do for hair and makeup? So I had both done at Senses Spa. Makeup was a stress inducer for me because... Um, when we first were going through this planning process, my planner had told me that due to COVID restrictions, the spa wasn't able to do makeup at all. 
And I am terrible at doing my own makeup, much less event makeup. So I then frantically studied YouTube and TikTok videos. But ultimately, when we did get to the ship, the spa said that so long as I kept my mask on, they could actually do my eye makeup and brow makeup, Mm. which was fantastic. So I just did my foundation. Oh, that's great. That was so much better than me doing my own. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I would be terrified to do it. (laughs) And then did you bring your own photographer? We did. Photos were super important to us. I think we decided pretty early on that photos were going to be our number one priority. So that way we would be able to look back on the day when we're old and gray and I absolutely cannot fit in my wedding dress again. Um, (laughs) So we brought our own photographer. He actually happened to be from Seattle as well. And we had just found his portfolio online, fell in love with the photos and brought him with us. That's wonderful. So can you give my listeners an overview of how the day ran? It was pretty packed. We had this ceremony at 2 p.m. I tried to convince my husband that we should go paragliding in the morning um, (laughs) at Castaway. He did not approve. (laughs) So instead, we did hair and makeup in the spa starting at 8 a.m., because there were only two permitted at a time. And we had me, my bridesmaids, and then my mom and my mother-in-law. So hair and makeup in the spa, getting ready photos at about 10 a.m., I want to say. And then we did our first look up at the top of the ship on the deck, which was so magical because the ship was empty since everyone was out at Castaway Key. The ship was empty the Disney music was playing in the background. Um, So we got some pretty incredible first look photos. Then from there, we took some photos around the ship to take advantage of the fact that it was empty, hopped in the little golf carts to head to Wedding Point, I want to say around 1230. Took some photos with the wedding party around the actual island itself. Did the ceremony at two o'clock. My uncle officiated and he brought a little Captain Mickey plushie with him to help with the ceremony. (laughs) We wrote our own vows, which made all of us and all of us who were attending cry our eyes out. And then afterwards, we headed straight back to the ship to do the reception, took portraits with all of our guests and then did dinner at Palo at 6 p.m. And did you do dinner, just the two of you, or were you able to make reservations to have everybody there? We were able to make reservations to have everyone there. Wow, that's great. Yes. I I think it was a little tricky because we did have to break the group up into four different tables, I want to say. But they were all in the same section. Um, Everyone was super happy. And ultimately, we had spent a week together. So I think everyone was was accustomed to the idea of um, sitting in the same section, but at different tables. Great. Okay. So when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? So photos were the most important one. So once we got the photographer settled there, um, we were pretty happy. Other than that, I think we really wanted to make sure it felt like the best of a traditional wedding, which is that um, it felt like it was meaningful, that we had plenty of time to commit to each other um, and to celebrate in that with our, our friends and family. So I think our style was more of like we had we had a vision for how we wanted certain things to look and what we preferred from a style perspective. Um, but we didn't feel the need to know every single last detail or be able to see it in advance. 
so with that, I, we customize so much, um, but we mostly were trying to ask for here's, you know, cake, cake flavors, <laughs> cake decor. Um, here's what we're thinking. This is the style we like. Can you do anything that's that's similar to that? Um, we just kind of went from there. It was a super easy planning process. That's wonderful. And interesting too, because in the past they have been just adamant about not customizing the cake. So that's great that they were able to work with you. Yes, we customized, sorry, to be clear, we customized the decor of the cake, but the flavors we ended up picking from the pre-selected list. But I will say that the cake flavors were amazing. Um, I think everybody still talks about it to this day. <laughs> That's great. And then what aspects were less important where you saved your money or your effort? So as much as I loved the floral arch, um, realizing that it's it costs $2,000 to do the floral arch when we would truly be spending 20 minutes in front of it and the scenery was so beautiful, uh, we decided that for items where we wouldn't be spending a significant amount of time around it, that was less important for us to prioritize our budget towards. So ultimately what this meant was instead of the floral arch, we prioritized dinner at Palo for everyone so they could enjoy the Palo experience. And that that wrap up to the end of the cruise, um, since it was on the last night and being able to celebrate and spend time together and eat some delicious food. And that's that souffle is amazing. <laughs> okay, so maybe it's the souffle. What ended up being your favorite <laughs> memory of the wedding day? <laughs> Let's see. So I think my favorite memory was the bubble wands. So <laughs> we... Um, I originally wanted to do flower petals that were tossed in the air as we, you know, after we we were married and walking back down the aisle and then was told that due to the preservation of the island, you absolutely could not throw confetti or flower petals. Mm -hmm. um, so ultimately, we decided to get some bubble wands from Disney World prior to the cruise um, and have folks use the bubble wands as we were exiting and through the reception. And the bubble wands were such a smashing hit. Everyone loved them. We had a couple of people try to steal them, um, my mother included. And uh, the bubbles made for such a magical photo um, at the end and just added that little extra Disney magic feeling. That's wonderful. Now, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? <laughs> there were definitely a couple, a couple of small things um, that actually made me made me laugh quite a bit. Um, so I think the first one was that the pianist actually played the wrong song as I started to come down the aisle. We had asked him to play "I See the Light" from Tangled, um, and to as I was walking down the aisle to just start playing it a little more dramatically. Mm -hmm. um, Instead, he played the Bridal March, <laughs> which was a very different song. Um, and and so in the video, you can see a little bit of my face go, oh, excuse me, this is, a, this is a different song. That's okay, we'll roll with it. But he actually switched over to playing the opening song from Up, which then proceeded to make like pretty much everybody in the audience ball, um, <laughs> ball because it's just so sentimental and sweet and was so perfect. So pianist played the wrong song, um, which was a super fun surprise, but then corrected it. And it ended up being even better than I had expected. Um, and then the other unexpected thing was that Wedding Point is a wooden dock, which I had a really long train and a dress that has a lot of tool on it. So my dress and veil were snagging the entire way 
down the aisle, which there's no avoiding it. But um, I definitely made a couple faces because I was like, oh, my dress is snagging. Is it supposed to do that? Am I okay? That's funny. I would never have even thought about that, but that's a big concern. (laughs) Yes. So it's more of a be mentally prepared if you are doing Mm -hmm. a wedding point that there's a wooden dock. So think about if your dress is going to snag. Ideally, it doesn't. But if you decide to do it anyways, just be be prepared for that. Right. Okay. And then was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were stressed out about and then it turned out not to be a big deal? So I think there were two things here. One was I was a little bit worried that wedding point would be too plain without the floral arch. So ultimately what we did was we had flower petals added to the aisle. And then I brought some small faux floral bouquets to place on the chairs at the end of the aisle. And I also brought some vases, glass vases with floating candles in them. I absolutely did not need to bring the vases and the candles. Um, Honestly, just the flower petals down the aisle really made such a difference for making, for framing the space and making it feel just so beautiful um, in that setting. So I was, I was a little concerned that wedding point would be too plain. It absolutely wasn't. And then I was also worried about the tube and the, um, as I mentioned, the British pub theme um, of the tube. But with the lighting adjustments that we were able to make, it didn't feel like a British pub um, and just felt like um, a great reception location. So two things I was worried about, but ultimately um, worked themselves out. That's wonderful. Thinking about it, the things that you brought, who set them out for you? We had a small, a, a pretty small box of those small items. We had tasked my my mom to put some of it out, um, but our our um, C coordinator actually was super kind and quickly did it uh, right before the ceremony started. That's wonderful. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I think I would have probably, I would have spent less time agonizing over whether wedding point was going to be too plain. Hmm. I went back and forth with the planning team on whether there were alternatives to the floral arch. So is it possible to get an arch in place that just has some fabric wrapped around it? Because I I liked the idea of an arch in the space, but the floral arch is also a little bit heavy for my style. Just as an FYI, there are no alternatives to the floral arch um, other than just the arch itself without flowers. So I think I, I spent a lot of time agonizing over that. And then other things that I, I wish I'd known, Disney, I knew that Disney was open to customizations, but I think I didn't quite realize how open they were to customizations. So I super appreciated how I gave them context on you know, what I was hoping to accomplish or, or what I was concerned about um, and provided the suggestion as well of like, hey, I'm concerned that, that the tube is British pub themed or that I'm concerned that um, there's, there's not enough of a wedding feel to wedding point with the decor. Are there things we can do like adding flowers down the aisle or like what else would you suggest? And they were so helpful with those suggestions. That's great. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney cruise couples? I would say it is as straightforward of a planning process as you would hope and expect from a Disney cruise. Um, I I loved that where we really got to focus on 
celebrating us, feeling special and loved, um, and and getting that Disney experience without the pain and agony of planning. Um, we actually did a Seattle reception as well, and that was way more painful to plan their full Disney cruise wedding. And then I think the other piece is that regardless of whether you have a smaller wedding or a larger wedding, the cast members and the other cruise guests do such a great job at making you feel special and celebrated and loved throughout the entire process. I think I was stopped probably 30 times on our actual wedding day to be congratulated for people to sit, to talk about like, your dress is amazing. Congratulations. Um, and it just, it, regardless of the ultimate size of your guest count, um, I think you'll find that a Disney cruise wedding just really lets you feel celebrated and loved. That's fantastic. Well, Amanda, I think you've offered a lot of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in planning a vow renewal or a wedding on the Disney Cruise Line, and I appreciate your taking the time. Thanks so much for having me. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com.